This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. And I don't know what your week was like, but man, I got this great email this past week, all right? And and this email, it said to me, you deserve an iPhone upgrade and 50% off, so enjoy now. Wow, cool, man, I deserve an iPhone upgrade. This is great news, but you know, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit suspicious, okay? Because as I read through this email, it told me that I deserve this upgrade only until March 19th. Okay, I I see. I think I think that they're more about getting money for themselves than they are about me getting a new iPhone. But I'll be honest, it piqued my interest because my iPhone is a dinosaur. All right. It is two point five million years old. All right. Or or in real time, it's two and a half years old. Right. So this morning, we're going to continue our Let's Be Real series, and we're going to look at the status of our hearts when it comes to contentment. We're going to check it out and and see, you know, are we living like an empty life or a a half-empty life or a half-full life or a full life, right? And and this is important. And here's why. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. So I just give you a a little contentment quiz here, okay? It's gonna be a short quiz, it's gonna be fast. Just keep your answers to yourself, okay? So, So here's the first one. Have you ever retaken a selfie, right? So you weren't content with the way it looked, so you had to take another one, right? Have you ever been eating like a a sandwich for lunch? Maybe PB&J or ham and turkey, what have you. Maybe you're at the the break room at at work and a TV commercial comes on and that TV commercial takes you to a five-star restaurant with the white linen cloths and everything and the the waiter or waitress comes out and places the food before the people and you can see the steam coming off the beautiful, delicious-looking food and you look down at this thing you got in your hand, you know? It's like a wet rag now. It's like, yeah. Have you ever suffered from Facebook or Instagram story envy? I'll be honest. There's been seasons of time in my life where I've been discontent. For example, growing up, I was discontent growing up in the desert. When I'd watch the news at nighttime in the winter and and I would see the the weather forecast or the weather for those of you who grew up here in the Midwest or what we called in the South, the North, right? And you guys got snow 
and the snow plows went through and you had snow days at school and there were snowball fights and snowmen and snow forts and, you know, all these things. And when I walked outside, I walked out onto hard ground that was covered with brown dead grass. I was not content when I was in grade school. I wasn't content. I wanted to be in high school. And when I was in high school, I wasn't content because I wanted to be in college. And when I was in college, I wasn't content because I wanted to be at seminary. And when I was at seminary, I wasn't content because I wanted to be a pastor. I don't know about you, but there have been times, right, where I've been discontent about my car, uh, about the snowblower, about what was on TV, discontent at a red light. I can't stand that, you know. When that thing is red and there's no cross traffic going and I'm just sitting there, not a fan, not a fan, right? I'm not content with my age. You know, I refuse to believe I'm as old as I am. And I don't know about you. And this one's tough. I don't know about you. But for me, there have been times when I've been discontent with God. Even though he made everything, even though he created me, even though he redeemed me, I'm really sure that if God, if you would just listen to me, this would be a whole lot better. And so as as I look back on my life, I see two major themes kind of going on. One is I've been super richly blessed. And the second theme, in spite of all those blessings, I've been pretty discontent. So we look at our lives and opportunities and places where we might become discontent. Uh, One of those is material and financial issues. Never before, never before in the history of the world has a society been so blessed as you and me, and yet we still want so much more. For example, we, 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 we're going to go to the mall. We just get in the car. We're driving to the mall. We're completely oblivious to the fact that 90%, more than 90% of the world doesn't own a car. And yet we're cruising to the car. We're just taking for granted. We get to the mall. We find a parking spot. We park. And as we're walking our way into the mall, we pass by this new or almost new, this beautiful, sleek, shiny new car or new truck. And we go, I wish that were mine. That's good. We're watching TV and a commercial for Alexa comes on. And we're not so concerned about Alexa because we're looking in the background. There's that really nice refrigerator there. The countertops, oh man, I wish we had countertops like that in our house. The cabinets, they're they're beautiful. The clock, even the clothes that the actor or actress is is wearing. We're even looking at the dog, that be good in my house? A couple of weeks, uh, some of us, we're going to have some family and friends that are going to go on spring break. And, and they're going to go to someplace warm. And, and maybe beaches are going to be there. And they're going to send us these pictures. And, and the final analysis, right, is the way it looks for you and me who are going to be back here. We got two options when we look outside our door, our windows, right? It's either going to be white with snow or it's going to be a sloppy, muddy mess, right? Yay for us! How exciting! Can't wait! And God's word says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation 
and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You know, there's not only material and and financial things that can lead us to be discontent, but, but there's also relational struggles, right? For some of us, when we struggle relationally, we take it upon ourselves to boost up the economy. We're gonna go shop and we're gonna go buy. We're gonna spend. We're gonna bring all this stuff home to try and fill that hole, that hurt that we have because our relational situation isn't the way we want it. And sometimes even worse, we go buy and spend to get back at the person where we're having difficulty in our relationship with. For some of us, you know, for some of us who are, are single, we maybe look at married couples. We go, gosh, I wish I were married. And for some of us who are married, <laughs> whoops, can I say that? <laughs> yeah, right. For, for, for some of us who, who don't have children, we look at those who, who have children. I can't wait to have kids. And, and for those of us who have kids, can I say that? <laughs> We love our kids, but oh my goodness, it's a whole lot more than we ever thought. We see a group of friends on social media and we're like, how come I didn't get invited? Or we see them in this picture and we go, God, I really wish I could have gone. I feel so bad. Not only do we struggle with discontent when it comes to material and financial issues and relational uh, issues, but also when it comes to our circumstances. It's been said that that life is made up of 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we respond to that. Well, today in our culture, what we've done is we've flipped it even. We think that that life is 90% of what happens to us and only 10% of how we respond. So this past week, I, I was texting back and forth uh, with this guy, um, some of you will know him, Ben Kurth in Doral, Florida, okay? And as we're going back and forth with texting, we're both gonna, about to go out for a run. And on the screen, you'll see what the, the text messages look like, right? Eight degrees here, 70 degrees there. Mm. Should I call him a name? <laughs> Right? No, but, you know, and I know Ben loves running in warm weather. You know, the good news for me is I really would rather run at eight degrees than 70 degrees. Okay? But if you're tracking with me, you understand what that means. That means that when it gets to summertime and it's warm, I'm not going to be content when it's time to go run. It's too hot. Some of you, you're in your mid-30s and you're just so distraught because you think the world is passing you by because there are some people that you know that you've heard of. They're in their late 20s and they've already uh, built a company, sold it, and they're millionaires, you know? And so you're in your mid-30s going, oh man, Facebook status, my life is not what I want it to be. Some people circumstances are so bad in life, they'll come up to me and tell me, you know, I've got to work Sundays. Like, yeah, so? I know someone like that, right? Here's a key to contentment. Contentment is a learned behavior. 
I'm going to share some words with you from a, from a guy named Paul that most of our readings up to this point in the message here have been from this guy named Paul who came to faith later in life. And as he's going to be writing these words, I'm going to read to you in just a second. I want you to understand he's in prison. Okay. And he's in prison not because he stole something or got in a fight or killed someone, anything like that. He's in prison because he's sharing the good news of Jesus. And they throw him in. All right. And this is what he says. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Contentment is a learned behavior. I'm still learning, and I'm sure that most of us here still are as well. A defender of the faith, a guy by the name, again, some of you will know him, C.S. Lewis, uh, has written this for us. It says, if we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. You see, we so often get caught up living for this world when we really weren't made for this world. We were made for eternity. We so often spend our lives uh, saving money, spending things on things that are only going to last a little while, and then they're going to perish, spoil, or fade away. We, we allow our, our psyche, our feelings to be, you know, directed by whether we have something right here, right now, failing to realize that that's all going to change in a pretty short time. I don't know about you, is, was there something from the past, you know, that you just had to have? Way back in the day, there was these things called like cassette players, okay? There was a point in time where some of us had to have that. And now some people, some of you are going, and I don't, you don't need to look it up either. What's a cassette? You don't need to look it up. But it just changes. Right? A key part, this is what I've learned. This is what I've learned, and this is what's helping me out immensely. I hope it will help you out as well. A key part to learning to be content is having an attitude of gratitude. To be thankful for what we have. Enjoy what we have instead of lamenting over what we don't have. Enjoy what you have. Just don't make your life all about what you have. Enjoy God, your creator, more than you enjoy the created things that he has made. And, and here's the other kicker on the attitude of gratitude. This, for me, this is a game changer, big time. Be thankful for how God is blessing other people. See, a lot of times with our, our contentment issues, it's because we're doing this comparison thing. They have, I don't, or, or whatever. Be thankful that God is richly blessing other people. You see, when we're envious of other people, what we're really being is resentful to God for how he's blessing others in his generosity and in his love. Be thankful for God. God, you're so amazing. Look how you're blessing them. That is so 
cool. Thank you for blessing them and blessing me as well. Jesus understands, right? Jesus understands what it's like to, to struggle with material and financial issues. He knows what it's like to, to struggle relationally and, and also to have difficult circumstances as well. See, as we turn into the pages of scripture and we read closely and stuff like this, you know what we find out is that for a lot of his life, Jesus is actually homeless. The scriptures say it this way, he didn't have any place to lay his head. He was homeless. When Jesus came, he gave up the glory of heaven, not just part of it, all of it. He knows what it's like not to have Everything. In fact, this is what Paul says. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Do you see the blessing already? You're already rich. Some of us are going, I, just, I, get, I wish one day we'll be rich. You're already rich. You're already rich. Relationally, Jesus had a tough time. He knows what it's like to be all alone, to be misunderstood, to be on the outside. I mean, the very people he came to save, they rejected him. They said he was of Satan. And even further, God abandoned him. Remember what Jesus said from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knows what it's like to struggle with circumstances. He was falsely accused. He was arrested. He was betrayed. He was denied. He was tired. He was overwhelmed. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was taunted. He was mocked. He was crucified. And he died. And right before he died, he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. When we lead our lives, and it's about acquiring more and more, we're leading our lives underneath the law. It's a heavy burden that will never be satisfied. But when we live our lives under the gospel, we're living our lives under what Jesus has already acquired for us. Our worth, our value, our identity, forgiveness of sins, peace with God, new life now and eternal life. See, maybe you can kind of think of it this way. It's kind of like each one of you individually has your own spiritual bank account. It's just for you, and it's been filled by and with Jesus. In that spiritual bank account, you are rich. In fact, you're eternally wealthy. You don't have to worry about inflation or any of that stuff. You're just eternally wealthy with a wealth that will not fade away. In that spiritual bank account, you have relationship with your beautiful savior, creator God. He's gonna love you every day the same, no matter what. He is all in, unconditional love, forgives you all of your sins, no questions asked, he's got it. In the spiritual bank account, you have the guarantee of circumstances, of eternal blessings. 
You know, heaven is so good that, that often we talk about heaven in the negative sense because it's too good for us. You know, we can't imagine it. And so we, we just say negative things like there's no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. You see, we can't, ex- it's too good for, it blows our minds. That's the circumstance that's awaiting you. Again, Paul says this, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are children of God, the God who owns everything. And since we're his children, we're his heirs, that means that everything God has will one day be ours. What that means for us is we don't have to go out and grab and strive and struggle to get stuff now. Otherwise, it's going to be gone. No, what it means is we can chill out. We can be patient because the best is yet to come. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the generosity that you've extended to us in our lives. Blessed us in in so, so many, many ways that we often take things for granted. Lord, develop inside of us through your Holy Spirit an attitude of gratitude. And so we thank you not only for all the blessings you've given us, but we thank you for all the blessings you've given everyone. It's all come from your generous hand and your loving heart. Lord, help us to keep our eyes focused on you because this is what will happen then. When we see you and who you are, we truly will be content. Powerful and saving name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.